You're listening to the Coaching Matrix Private Podcast. All right, welcome to the alignment call. I was just sharing a little bit how my daughter wrote me a a note that showed a broken heart, and that's how my morning has been. (laughs) Um, But today is going to be good. We're going to talk about aligned sales. But before we jump into that, I wanted to give um, some like housekeeping. I talked about it a few weeks ago, but Mark your calendars on September 17th is going to be the matrix meetup um, in Utah. So if you're in Utah, we'll get together. We'll chat. I think we're going to do some food. It's going to be pretty chill, um, but it's going to be in the morning, probably around 10 a.m. I'm still finalizing the details of where. So then I will be able to tell you the exact time and the exact place. Um, but for now, hopefully that's on your calendars. And if you're not in Utah and you want to come, you're welcome to come. And if not, that's okay. And um, maybe in the future, I think I'll start doing them probably quarterly is my, is my plan, but that's the first one. September 17th. Okay. That was the housekeeping. That, that's it. <laughs> so let's jump in to aligned sales. So we're going to talk about some of the nitty gritty, um, more of like the details about, about your offers, about your process and stuff. And we're going to talk about it also in the, the form of like alignment, feeling good, feeling like it's of service. And so if you've, some of you took the pro coach program, if you have not taken that program, you have access to it in your members area. But I share these these P's of your offer. And so one of the most important foundations is that you feel good about what you're offering to the world. Because if you don't feel good about it, there's no way you're going to want to sell it, right? Um, If you don't really know what your offer is, it's going to be hard to sell as well. And so one of the first things I want, kind of like today, I want you to kind of look at it like a tune-up or a checkup, kind of. Like, how am I feeling about my offers? Am I making forward progress on them? Am I cultivating my belief in them? Am I talking about them? So the first one is like your promise. So when you have an offer, it's kind of like, this is what you're going to get. This is the promise. If you join this, this will happen. If you buy this, this will happen. Um, And so when you think through this, this is where we get stuck. This is if your client does everything that they they can to create the result. Um, This is also like, if you, like when I think about selling like a a physical product this is like what they use it for like us like I bought this huge splash pad um for my girls and the promise that they did they showed on the box right was kids having fun with the splash pad for more um service focus so like whether you're doing coaching or you're actually providing a service for people I think this is where we get stuck and like, how do I make a promise, right? It's not like fun on a splash pad or like wear this shirt and you'll feel sexy and cute. <laughs> um, for coaching, I think it can be a little bit vague. And so it's worth the time to go in and figure out what your promise is. The next part, next P that I have you think through with your offer is like the person. And the one, the one thing that I think will help you is like, this is like the psychographics of the person. So when I think about my people, it's not like they're 35 and they live in the United States (laughs) and they are um, middle class. Like that's not, to me, that's, that's an outdated way to think about the people that we're trying to sell to. I like to think about the psychographics. What are they thinking about? What do they want? Because if I know what they're thinking about, if I know what they're struggling with and I know what they want, I can create solutions for them. The next thing is the process, which is what most people think of when they think of an offer, right? These are the details of how long you're going to work together or what they get when they sign up with you or what they get when they purchase from you. Um, How long is it? 
what do they get interactions with you do they get something in a box from you right like it doesn't it's it's what you deliver to them um and then the next focus and if you have questions i always forget to say it put it in the chat um is the problem solved and this is something that i think helps you get clear and that clarity allows you to talk about your offers more powerfully and so a problem solved um if you get stuck one of the three there's three basically three major areas and we've talked about it i don't want you to get stuck here but i want you to have this in mind the health wealth and relationships and if you can tie back your offer to one of those things you can get clarity right you can either help people make money, you can help people um, be healthy, or you can help them in their relationships. And, and if you get stuck on that, don't stress. Um, one of the things that I think will hurt you is when you're trying to articulate something and to get it so unique and so different than other things in the marketplace, like it's okay to say I help people feel better, right? That would be under health. It's okay to say something like, I help people grow their business. I help people grow their business with kids at home, whatever, whatever your offer is, it's good to flesh it out because the more clear you are, the more you're going to want to talk about it. And then the last thing is the price, right? You're just choosing a price. And one of the things um, that we get in our head is like, is this the right price? And one of the things that I think has helped me is like, the right price isn't the right question. It's, does this price feel like something I can share with the world? Um, that's a more powerful question to me. Is this a price that I feel good about? Um, is this a price that I'm going to end up resenting people for? Um, because I think if you've ever undercut your prices, you know that it actually doesn't feel good when people sign up. Um, if you've ever discounted in the hopes that it's easier for people to buy, that's actually doesn't feel good. Now, if you want a discount because it feels good, if you want to, you know, change your pricing because it's easier for you to sell or you're, you're wanting to try a different model, I guess the point is, is like, there's better ways to think through price than is this the right price? Except I bet if you were to be honest with yourself, like we ask ourselves that question all the time, like, is this the right price? And it keeps us stuck. It keeps us in confusion. It keeps us trying to solve for it. Is this the right price or the wrong price? That's like the binary, right? I look at price as a continuum. It can change. It can be something that I try. Um, it, it just has to feel right to me especially when you enter into the world of entre entrepreneurship and you're letting go of the employee mindset where there's like a right answer on a test and, and all of that, there is not, that doesn't exist in the entrepreneur world. So when you're evaluating your price and if it's in alignment with you, I always go on, how does this feel to me? And one of the questions that I think um, we get caught up in too is like, does this feel good or does this feel bad? Is this a good kind of scary or a good kind of stretch? And I think the difference for me is, is this new and unknown or is this really wrong for me? And those two things can help you with your sales process so much. Um, and that has to do with discernment in your own body. And so one of the things that, it's like one of those things to get better at it, you have to practice. You can't logic and think your way through this. You have to actually try. So one of the things that um, I work through with some of my clients when they're trying to change their prices, maybe they're trying to up them or maybe they're like, I need, I think I need, actually need to change the whole structure of it and lower my price. And that's, that happens. And one of the questions that I, I help them work through and that I've worked through myself is like, does this feel expansive and maybe scary because it's new or because I'm having to share it in a way that I've never shared it before? Or is it actually wrong? Because what we don't want to do is say, well, it feels scary, so I'm not going to I'm not going to do it, especially if you've been having success and you know it's time to increase your prices or whatever. 
And you might go, I don't actually, I think that's out of alignment to raise my prices because it feels so unknown. But actually like it is in alignment, it just feels new. And so that difference to me has really helped. Is it new or is it in a, like new and unknown? Maybe you've never done it before or is it really wrong? And some people have like that reaction where they just know in their body, like that is not for me. And the only way you can do that one is to try. Sometimes you're gonna try things and not like it and not get results um, for a long, like a long period of time, or you're gonna try it and you're gonna be like so triggered in your body that you don't wanna share your prices that you're actually not showing up on social media because you don't wanna sell. Um, or you're like afraid when people ask you questions, right? Like I think that knowing the difference, using your own discernment to know if it's a stretch or if it's like genuinely like fear, not ready. Um, I think that's like the, the path that we're all on is figuring out at the phase of our business when to raise our prices, what pricing to choose and knowing in our body what's right. Right for you, not right as in a test that I'm gonna give you, <laughs> right? Um, the next thing that I brought up is like, do you have a platform that makes sense? And I, I think a lot of us use Instagram, but I wanted to talk, cause I know some of you, maybe not on this call, but some of you who are gonna watch the replay as well, Instagram isn't necessarily the platform for you. And so I wanted to take a second on and talk about aligned platform means that you are serving and creating value to the kind of people that you want to work with. If you're working with corporate people, it's a great idea to be a great idea to be on LinkedIn, for example. That's where they're going to be hanging out. Um, and I had a client once who wanted to work with executives and she was on Instagram. And she was like, I'm not fine. Like, I know my, my, my clients are powerful. I know that they are ambitious. I know that they benefit from coaching, but I'm not finding them. And I'm like, have you tried LinkedIn? And she's like, no. I'm like, what if we tried LinkedIn? And I think that that's a really helpful thing. Sometimes it's not just our thinking. Sometimes it's like the way that we're adding value isn't in alignment with the psychographics of the people that we want to work with, right? Sometimes our ideal clients aren't just scrolling Instagram. And so I want you to think through, are you using your platform accordingly? in a way that's building the value, building the relationship and letting them get to know you in a place that where they want to get to know you. Um, I use three different platforms. Right? I use Instagram, email, and my podcast. And so one of the things that you can think through is like, are you using your platforms in a way that serves your ideal clients? And some of you, you're gonna be like, yeah, check, got it. I'm, I feel like I'm in the right place. And some of you are gonna listen to this and be like having an aha, like I need to reach my people in a different way. Um, especially I feel like if you have um, a psychographic of people who are really busy and like productive and ambitious, they're not necessarily just sitting there scrolling Instagram, right? And so they might benefit from a really powerful email. Um, they might benefit from a video on YouTube. And so I'm just planting the seed because some of you are going to take this thread and run with it and realize I need to think differently about how I use my platform to meet my people. That's in alignment. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is the difference between talking about your offers and selling directly and indirectly. And we've talked about this in like soft selling versus hard selling. That's another way. Um, a lot of you guys are indirectly talking about your offers a lot. Like, oh yeah, this, oh yeah, that, like, oh, I kind of do this. <laughs> and one of the things that is in alignment for you is to talk about your offers directly. Like, this is what I do. This is what I charge. This is how you, uh, this is how you get started. And um, if you haven't been making sales, I, as much sales as you want, or getting at least in sales conversations with people, I would do a little audit. In fact, um, I'm going to send this out in the email when I send out the update. Um, 
do a little audit. How many times have you made a direct ask about a specific offer of yours to your, to your platform, to your audience in the past 30 days? And I'd be so interested to know, like, when you look at it, how many of those have you made and how many sales have you made in the past month? Because a lot of times it's easy to like say it indirectly. Like if you want to work with me, like send me a DM and I do this. I don't, I don't think it's bad to do indirect sales, but that has to be in conjunction with direct talking about your offer sales, because you, we think people know, we think people are like up to date on our stuff and they're not. I'm sorry, Rebecca, I just saw you comment. Attending on home, but talking directly versus indirectly. Yeah. You do this pretty well though, Rebecca. Anyway. Um, so one of the things that I want you to do is like, notice how we feel about direct sales versus indirect sales. Because I think when we think about talking about our offers directly, the first thing that comes to me is like the people in the mall <laughs> who are like, Hey, do you want this? Like you, your hair's so beautiful. Like try this oil, right? Like the, like the kind of yucky sales are going to a used car lot. And they're like, Hey, like, you know what I mean? We have bad experiences with people who talk to us directly, except especially if you work with people one-on-one, -on -one, they need you to lead them in the conversation to the point where they know exactly what we're talking about. If we're going to work together, they want to know exactly what it is. Um, even like product-based, like we want to know we're buying something, right? We don't want it to be, be a question in our mind. And so the more direct you can be, the more specific you can be, it feels scarier, but that's how people can make a decision or not, like yes or no. Um, in fact, one of the things that I learned from the book, The Prosperous Coach was like, you need to get to a yes or a no. And the only way to do that is direct. Um, in fact, one of the principles of marketing is direct marketing. Like if you watch ads, you either click on it or you don't. You either buy the product or you didn't. And that's data and that's good. So the more direct offers you can make to your platform, the more data you can get and the more you can improve, right? And then you, when you're fueled by curiosity and love instead of judgment, you're willing to look at the data in a way that can inform future decisions about your marketing. And I'm going to give you an example of this. Let's say you have a one-on-one -on -one offer and you'd make a direct offer. You like write it out in your stories and you say, DM me with questions and no one DMs you with questions. And you try that maybe three times and no one's DMing you with questions. To, to keep doing that over and over again is insanity, right? And so one of the things that you can do is I'm gonna say, you know, maybe I'll put the consult link, book a consult here and try that and see if people book. I'm gonna try to change the wording on that story to see, and like, do you see what I mean? It's like. When you start actually taking direct action, you can get a result instead of, you know, talking about maybe you're like, oh, I love my clients. Let me know if you want to talk about working together. I think the more direct we can be, the more data we can we can use for our benefit. And so that was the other thing that um, I wanted to chat through. I have like all these notes because I was like, we're going to talk about sales. Um, and then the next one I want you to think through is like, are you in integrity? And this is something that. Um, this is so personal. And so I want to tread lightly, but also like kind of cut to it for you. <laughs> I don't want you to feel bad because that's not my intention. But one of the things that um, I see this, we try, we go through something and then we want to sell something that we've been through or something that we've struggled with. And I think that that can feel um, really good if we've embodied it, right? It feels really good to, to talk about something that we've been through and we've worked through 
because we've walked that path, right? Especially if you're a coach, right? Like we, one of the benefits of being a coach is like, we we're real humans. We can talk about our experience, not just from theory. And so when we sell an integrity, it's something that we really believe in and we know we can get other people results in. The other thing that I wanna offer is that some of you are, are holding back things that you've been through because you're afraid like, well, I used to struggle with this <laughs> or I don't know if they're gonna see me as an expert if I talk about where I struggled. And so my little gold, like golden rule here is if you've walked through it and you've created a different result, it's not like you're in the middle of it, it's good to talk about, right? People actually love hearing stories. And I think that that's really an integrity in this day and age, people wanna hear what you've overcome as long as you've gotten to the other side right? Especially if you're helping other people. Um, this isn't to say like you have to judge the struggle if you're in the middle of it. Um, I want that to be really clear because I think that we are allowed to have all the human problems, right? Because we are humans. But if you're going to create an offer for people, if you're going to like share, even create content about something, I think it's really helpful to have a closed loop, right? It's not like, you know, I'm really struggling with this period. And people are like, wait, what? Like you're struggling with this, but you're going to coach me on it. That doesn't really make sense. And so having a closed loop, like one time I was struggling with something. Um, let's say I was struggling with, you know, I don't know, relationships and it was heavy. I was sad, all this stuff. I did the work. I figured out these tools and now I'm thriving in my relationships. I have a closed loop, right? And now I want to tell you about my offer about relationships. That's a totally different experience than like, yeah, me and my, me and my husband are fighting all day, but I have an offer to help you with your fighting with your husband. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so um, the way that I see this, it shows up two ways, either some people, some coach, I'm not saying any of you guys, but in the industry, sometimes we see people and it doesn't feel right when they're selling. It doesn't feel like you want to buy from them immediately. And it could be one of those issues. But I also see the other issue, which is, I think, more how my people struggle, which is, I don't feel like I can talk about this yet because it's so fresh. I don't feel like I can talk about this yet because it was just like last year or even six months ago. And like, I don't know if I'm, I'm able to teach that. And there's a really great book. It's called The Millionaire Messenger by Brendan Burchard. I highly recommend you check it out. And he talks about how we live in a day and age where we actually want to hear people's stories and how they completed it. And it's okay if it was a few months ago, a few weeks ago, if it's a complete story, it's going to be more meaningful to people. And so a lot of you guys aren't sharing your real stories because you're afraid that people are going to judge you. And one of the, or you're afraid that people are going to find out or something, you know, something we get in our head. But I think what's in integrity is using what you've been through to support and serve other people, especially if you've gotten different results, if you've overcome stuff. Like one of my, one of my coaches, Katie Fleming, she said, if you walk through the fire, people love knowing that you still smell like smoke because they, they're like, okay, like, you know, this not from like a book, like you read a book about it. It's like you read a book and you got coaching and you figured it out and you did hard things and you made hard decisions and you created something different. And people love hearing those stories. And so a lot of you are, are, I know, and I'm like this too. So this is, this is all of us. I think we're afraid to share from our heart because we're afraid of that judgment or afraid of not being seen as an expert. And what I want to offer is we are all on a path, right? We are walking this path to our next level in our health and our wealth and our relationships, whatever you do. Um, we're trying to live a better life. We're trying to, you know, have meaning we're trying to have fun we're like all of us are 
are here. Your clients are here. Your, your um, customers are here trying to get somewhere. And the more that you can share the stories that you've gone through and embodied, the more that they're going to feel connected to you. And I think especially storytelling is, is the best way. In fact, I can't remember. There's a quote. I'll have to find it. But basically, the people who are going to make the most money are the storytellers. Have you guys seen that quote? And um, if you look at it, even companies, like if you study Apple, they tell a story. Nike tells a story, right? Big companies tell stories all the time. And so on a, from a personal brand, from a, a solopreneur or a coach or whatever, the stories you tell are going to be what connects people to you, especially if your stories are um, related to your offer. And so one of the things that I want you to think through is what stories have you been resistant to sharing that would actually like literally talk about your offer, or what you're doing in a way that is maybe a little vulnerable, but that will connect you to your people. To me, when we try to filter and, and hide things that we're ashamed of, or like I, for the longest time, I learned this the hard way. I would never talk about my student loan debt because I was like, I saw student loan debt <laughs> and it feels bad and it's yucky. And then one, one time I was like, but you know what? I bet there's other people who are struggling with student loan debt or just debt in general. And the more I hide it, the more that I'm like sending the message, even subconsciously that like, I'm judging you for having debt because I judge me for having debt. And so the more that I could talk about how I was doing the work and I had been do like, I tell that I used to not tell the story of like when I was working at VIP kid, when I was still coaching, because I was like, I don't want people to know that. I want them to think I was always just a super successful coach, <laughs> but that doesn't serve people who have a job or who, who are trying to figure out if they're going to leave their job to be a coach full time. Right. And so the more that I could share the real story that I've been through, I think the more trust I gained with people. And I want to offer that, that that's available for you too. And so I don't think you have to share everything on the internet. I really don't. But just notice if there was any stories or any ahas that you just had when I was talking of things that you feel called to share. Um, because sometimes it's not just about selling the details of our offer. Sometimes it's about giving people the context of what we do and where we came from and why we're doing what we want to do. People like to know that. And in fact, one of the, like, you're going to be surprised. One of the things that, um, will be helpful to you is releasing the agenda that you think people have for why they're going to hire you. You don't know why people are going to hire you or pay you. That happens in their world, right? They're going to go through something that will lead them to a decision to say yes. And you don't have to put your agenda on why, like you might think it's going to be because you're certified or because you have the fanciest blah, 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 or because your offer is, you know, the perfect solution or whatever. But what you don't know is maybe you're going to share this one story that you don't think is super related, but that you feel like could be helpful. And they're going to remember that story and feel like I can trust this person. They've been through this or they shared that they are, you know, struggling with they used to struggle with whatever. I mean, any like anything is fair game because no one has had your experience. This is differentiation, right? Your education, your struggles, your triumphs. Your, the places you've been to, the people that you've met, I mean, literally your life is the differentiation. If you want to put a ton of entrepreneurs up on, on, on the stage, let's say, and we look at their offers and they're kind of the same, right? Oh, that person has an offer, a coaching offer. That person sells, you know, beauty stuff. That person, like, anyway, we could do this for any industry, any entrepreneur, and we find someone who's in their market and they're going to look the same. Their offers might even be really similar. What's the difference? 
their stories and how people connect to them and the way they talk about their stories and the way they talk about their triumphs. And so I want to encourage you what you feel kind of nervous to talk about, not triggered. We're not talking about triggered, right? Like if you're like, I don't want to share my deep dark secrets, like that's okay. <laughs> but if you feel like that kind of like, no, it's like, man, like I could talk about that. It's like a little vulnerable. It's a little, or a little spicy. Like it's something that I necess- wouldn't necessarily like think to share. I want to encourage you to share it because it doesn't really matter what you sell. That connection is going to be what people remember you for in the sea of people online. What are they going to remember you for your story? And I, like we talked about that, that closed loop share from embodiment. And if you're not sure, just ask yourself, like, do you feel like you could teach, like extract some lessons from it? Or do you feel like you're still working through it? Cause if you're still working through it, keep working through it before you share. But if you feel like you've worked through it, now's the time to share. That was what I wanted to share with you. Okay. So the next thing I'm going to talk about for selling an alignment, I'm actually going to um, share my screen for this. I want you all to do this. It doesn't matter what you sell. There's tangibles and intangibles. Um, and you can make a little list, but I think it's so helpful to see that there's things that you don't think people want that they are going to be drawn to. And this is, this is kind of where your story comes in. This is where um, your life situation, right? Like I don't sell to moms, for example, but I have a lot of moms join my program. Why? Because I share my, my motherhood stuff, right? And so a lot of you guys have some, maybe you're an athlete, like that's another, like maybe you're an athlete or an artist, or you like Diet Coke, or you like to go to the, the theater. It doesn't really matter. Um, there's going to be things about you that are hard to put in your offer. And I'm going to put that on the intangible side. So like your story, oh, wow. Your story, likes, interests, life situation I want you to make a list and you, and just notice if your brain's like, you're not that interesting. You don't have anything because you do. Like, I promise there's things about your life that seem so boring to you, but someone else is going to watch and be like, they get it. They understand me where you live, um, what you do for fun. These are the kinds of things that are your magnetism, right? If you like working out, if you like to go on walks, if you like to hike, if you have a dog, like I'm trying to think of all these, I don't have a dog, but I'm trying to think of other things that people are going to relate to you um, that actually makes your offer more appealing because it's the context of your, you are the context of your offers. You are the context of your products. You are the content, you're like the author, right? You're like behind the scenes. And the more that you can share from a place of like, I think this is going to serve someone. And what's interesting is like, we can judge ourselves so harshly. Like no one wants to see blank. No one wants to see my, my, me journaling. No one wants to see me on a walk, but they do. I promise they do. In fact, one of the things that um, I did a few months ago was 75 hard. And I would just post that I was going on a walk in the days that even though I went on a walk, if I didn't post about it, I would have people messaging me like, Hey, did you go on your walk? <laughs> did you forget? I'm like, no, I just didn't post about it. And it just showed me people are connecting to me in way more ways than just business. And what's cool is, is the more connection points you can give people, the more the sale just feels really natural. And I, like I said, I don't think you have to share your whole life, but I think you can easily underestimate the power of this. Um, your life matters. Your interests matter to your people. Um, and so just notice what ideas are coming to you right now. What things have you been kind of thinking? What wasn't interesting? 
that's a, a false belief that I have is like, I'm kind of boring or I'm not interesting or nobody cares. I think we talked about that as one of the beliefs. We all have our own version of that. I know you guys all have your own version of that. That like, no one wants to see whatever. And that's the intangible that might be missing from your ideal client. I've had people hire me for business because of how I am as a mom, which is so fascinating to me, right? They didn't care, really care about my business savvy. They cared about how I live my life as a mom. And so there's th versions of that for you. And so I want you to think through this, like how can you share more of that? And then we're also gonna, of course, talk about the tangibles, which is like, what do they actually get if they were your, if they were your dream client and they did everything that you asked them to and they showed up coachable, they showed up and they did the work, what would the results be? And so um, we talked a little bit about the big three. And if you're struggling with, with that, I want to like, one of the things that I used to get stuck on is like, what if I just sell something that's like fun or beautiful? Where does beautiful fit into this? Or like, I mean, clothing, Rebecca branding, like, um, like makeup or, or like if you're just like a health, like a general life coach, right? Like where does this fit in? And it always does, right? So one of the things like, like fun, if you think about fun, you usually have fun with other people. So I, you could put it in relationships. You could have fun in it's mental health. Um, the other thing that's beautiful was the other one that I think a lot of people, like what if I sell like something that just makes people pretty or beautiful or sexy or whatever. And that could fit in all three as well, right? Um, it's, you don't necessarily have to say, feel beautiful so you can have a well, like have a wealthy life or feel beautiful so you can be a relationship, but just trust that it fits into these, one of these three, big three. If you've studied marketing, like I know that that can feel daunting, but it works. So having fun, feeling beautiful, feeling good. That's a tangible result that people can have. And sometimes I think we feel like we can't talk about it because it's so broad. And I, I just want to encourage you, like, it's okay if it's broad. I think, um, I know when I was new, like I would do download these like Pinterest worksheets, you know what I mean? About like my ideal client and what my offer does. And I think the secret sauce is using your intangibles, the stories, your personal triumphs, your likes, dislikes, what you're reading, what you're studying, where you're going, what you're thinking about, what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, and then tying it to what you have to offer. So what this can look like for me is like when you guys are on social media or you're creating content, because I think all of you guys are creating content, share it from your context, which is your life, and then tie it to the benefit. So it's like, I, I'm trying to think of off the top. If you guys have, because I can use you guys, if you have like a question about what I'm saying, put it in the chat so I can use it as an example. I'm going to try to think of something not, Okay, let's say I was selling, I'm trying to think of something that's not in my awareness, like a different kind of company. Um, let's say I was selling toys for kids. None of you guys are selling toys for kids, I don't think. Okay, so if I was selling toys for kids, I would take a picture of my kids playing and saying how I love slow mornings with my kids. And I would take a picture and it's just my life. And then maybe I would share like, you can have beautiful, simple moments with your kids. That's why I invented this. Da, 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 da. Do you see what I mean? And it might be the same toy as other toy sellers. It might be the same model. I don't even know. 
but they might connect to me having a slow morning with my kids on the backyard or whatever. And that combination is what is really powerful. And so the other thing um, that, sorry, I'm trying to type and talk, um, that I want you to think through is like at the end, when people have worked with you, what do they get to take away? Memories, empowerment, feeling good. Um, I'm trying to think through, I'm trying not to imagine one of you guys because I wanted to be helpful to all of you, but maybe it's doing me a service, a disservice. Actually, let's, this is going to be helpful. Who wants to come on the hot seat for this little bit? <laughs> Who has an offer that they're working through that's either maybe they're, it's not selling as often as they want, or it's like a new offer that you're excited to share um, that we can talk through the tangibles and intangibles. Anyone feel like it? Come on the hot seat. I have one, but I feel like I don't want to take up somebody else's spot if there's someone who feels really strongly. Wish I had like Jeopardy music. Anyone feeling brave? Who wants to talk through their tangibles and intangibles for their offer? You can just come on. Okay, I'll go. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, Amber, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Sorry, were you trying to come on and I couldn't hear you? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'll go, but I don't want to take someone else's spot. No, go. And I was like, tell me about your Okay, so I have had this idea percolating that the people that I've kind of tested it with have said that it's really great, but I am struggling to figure out how to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I really want to do something about branding that is specific to Instagram, like branding your Instagram. How do you make it look good and make it like more useful to your business? Yeah. And so what I've done, like the two people that I've done it with, I basically have sat down and just kind of done like a little bit of backstory like okay what are you trying to sell who are you trying to sell it to kind of like you know what are the thoughts and feelings that you want to evoke on Instagram and then like together making some Instagram templates and saying and kind of like showing my thought process like okay so what you're doing right now is like really simple but it doesn't feel super like sophisticated or high-end so these are the things that I would do to make that feel a little bit more sophisticated, more modern kind of thing. And just like collaborating together. And then I guess this is more like the tangibles, but they hopefully walk away with a list of like, here's what I'm trying to actually accomplish on Instagram. And here are actual designs that I can use to share about that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, and you said you've done this with people. Yeah, I had a past client who reached out to me and was like, can we do like a mini brand consult? Because like I've done her branding and stuff and she was like, I just feel like I don't know what I'm doing on Instagram anymore, even though I've done it before kind of thing. Anyway, so I was like, yeah, sure. And I didn't really have 
like a, an outline or anything. I just sat down and said, like, what are you struggling with? And she's like, I just feel totally lost. I feel like I hate everything I post. I hate how it looks. Like, and she was like, I feel like I used to create stuff and people really liked it. And now I feel like everybody just ignores everything that I post and I don't know what to do about it. And she's like, I just keep like buying new templates and like, it's not helping me. Yeah. And so yeah. I yeah. want your help. This is understanding like the psychographics of your people, right? They don't want mm -hmm. templates because templates, yeah. like I could speak from experience, like I've used templates or I've looked at like, um, kind of like brand in a box type stuff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. fight against this because this isn't really me. You know, like they're fighting against things they're trying to decide on. And so, yeah. And so like, could you share stories like that? Yeah. I think, I think my um, concern is originally I was like, yeah, I could do something like this. And I was going to sell it for like a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. And so I, at, this was um, Brooklyn. I know that you know her. So I was like, Hey, when we were done, I was like, how much would you be willing to pay for this? And she was like a thousand dollars easy. That was the number in my head too. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, like really and it ended up like you know like we spent probably two hours together like talked through everything and she I mean this like sounds like I'm being braggadocious but she was like this has literally been life-changing like I feel so much better about what I'm doing anyway so I think I'm just like oh I didn't realize it was that much of a pain point for you yeah well I think it's getting in like I think for you it's all about psychographics because you don't mm -hmm. I don't know if someone who's just brand new to Instagram they are thinking about different things right know? um yeah people like because like, I don't like you and I have talked about this like I don't believe that people need branding to make their first 50k right and so, right and and they shouldn't pay a thousand dollars for an Instagram brand kit or whatever you know whatever right who right client is is like they're already making money but they're frustrated by their Instagram because now it's like I want to exponentially grow my Instagram it's a different mm -hmm. problem mm -hmm. um and so I think in the thousand dollar price point like that was if you were to ask me that I'd like, yeah. pay a thousand bucks for that um yeah because it's like it's it's almost like a um, a pride thing like I'm making all this mm -hmm. money on my Instagram to, to show you could, that would be something that you could put in your offer as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is definitely like this almost embarrassment. Like I know I'm legit. Why do I look so amateur? Yeah. Or I think that's a big thing else. You know, is this really me? Is this, is this me or is this just mm -hmm. what I can online? You know? Um, yeah. So for your interview, that was a big thing for her. Yeah. She was like, I feel like I just look at other people's Instagrams and I keep copying what they're doing because yeah. it works for them, but I don't like it. It doesn't really work for me. Or like, cause like, I know for me and I'm sure a lot of people can relate. It's like, they're going to, oh, that worked. Like, I like that. I'm going to try it. And then because it's not from you, you're like, I'm going to, you see something else. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to try that. And it's like, yes. Effect. Yeah. Yes. So to, to speak to you, like your intangibles, it could be, mm -hmm. I mean, cause it's interesting. What come like, what kind of intangibles do you feel like you already use for your offers? Um, like embarrassment is kind of one. I really, for me, I try to tap more into just like desire. Yeah. 
I found that people want the good reasons like, oh, having a good brand is going to help you make more money. But it's more like they use that to justify this just like strong desire they have to have their business be beautiful. Yeah. They just want it to be pretty. And I think it's kind of the same thing with like wasting time. Like people know that and like, oh yes, like having things designed by a designer and having a strategy will help me save time. But again, it's rooted in this desire to like feel excited about what they're sharing. So I think like that kind of like wanting to be energized and motivated again is, is kind of the intangible that I can focus on. Yeah. And how do you show them that? I think I just have to show them like tons of examples. Yeah. Like, and I, I always feel like I can only show them examples of my clients, but as I've been sitting here, I'm like, I can show them examples from myself too. Yeah. I think that'd be powerful. I think too, um, cause like I, it's a different industry, but like my CFO, one of the things that before I hired her, I, she was on her stories talking about how she's like, most people are afraid to hire me because they're afraid that I'm going to come in and judge how they spend money. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. she's like, I don't. And so you might say something similar, like your intangibles be like, I'm like the least judgmental person. I'm not going to judge your brand mm-hmm. version it is right now. And, and even just like talking about it so nonchalant, that's because that's not like a tangible part of your offer. That's who you are, right? And so yes, embarrassed like, like, because like you're doing my branding. I told you I've changed my brand like a bajillion times because I have like ADHD or something, and I have like all these ideas. Yes. And I yes. know, like I know this because I know you. But like from a client perspective, I need to know that you're not going to judge. Like I'm not going to feel that low. Yes. you. That's an intangible. Yes. All of you guys listening to this call, like use your own version of that. Like. Most of the time, yeah. I actually learned this from dentists, you guys. I was talking to my dentist and he's like, he had just gone to a conference and I was like, tell me about it because I'm super interested in business. And anyway, we we're talking, he's like, the reason most um, people don't like going to the dentist is they're going to be afraid of like getting in trouble with their dentist. And he's mm-hmm. like, it blew his mind because he's like, what? I don't care. I just want to make sure they're healthy. I want to make sure that they're well taken care of. Like, I want to make sure that they're, they're not in pain. And on the client mm-hmm. perspective, they're so afraid to go to the dentist because they think their dentist is going to go like this and be like, you need to brush your teeth and you need to floss, you know? And I think- I can't believe you haven't been here in three years. And you're like, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, that's really not good. And I'm sure that there's dentists out there, but I think in the modern age, like dentists don't really do that. Coaches, service providers, like that's what we're dealing with. It's all our clients' own thoughts, right? And so that's why I think I like the intangibles because it's like, if you can show them that you're non-judgmental, if you can show them that it's no big deal, whatever they're going with, like, I'm not judging you for it. It's just, I know that there's a solution for you. Um, mm-hmm. You could keep doing what you're doing and there's not really anything wrong. It's just, do you want this? Do you yeah. want 20 pounds? Do you want a beautiful brand? Do you want to stop yelling at your kid? Like, it's not that I'm judging you for doing any of those things for overeating or for not having a pretty, pretty brand or for yelling at your kids. You're fine. It's just, I think that you want something different and I have a solution for you. Yes. Yes. I'm having this aha moment too, because like I've tried to focus on the intangibles, but I've always focused on it in the lens of like, like the value of the service that I'm providing. And I'm having this realization, like I can also focus the intangibles on like intangibles of me providing the service it doesn't just have to be like about the product it can also be it, provide 
my argument for you is like that is what's going to differentiate you between other yeah um and for all of you guys listening like this is the difference there's tons of health coaches there's tons of weight loss coaches there's tons of life coaches there's tons of business coaches there's tons of product based services i mean like no matter what you do when you're listening to this call like really listen like doesn't matter what you're selling there's tons of people like you right what's the difference you and your story and your personality like i used to um think i needed to like be different but now i'm like no like this who i am actually is why people come that i'm a mom that i'm pretty chill and laid back um that i read a lot of books that i you know whatever it is people want to see especially things that um make your clients at ease about hiring you like telling like literally saying the words i'm not judgmental but also how can i show them that i'm non-judgmental you know telling mm-hmm. stories about clients you've worked with or like how you're like i don't like i'm not judging people who don't have a brand that's not why i do what i do it's just, i'm here for the people who do want a brand who do want a beautiful imagery to go with their high level you know work whatever and um, that's the stuff because the tangibles of your offer, Rebecca, we could like really, and all of you guys, we could put it up against so many different people. And it's like, it's the same. It's, it's mm-hmm. the same as what you give them, even the experience. Cause like, I know Rebecca, you're super organized and all of you guys, hopefully you're listening for how this affects you. Like there's other people who are organized. You mm-hmm. know what's the intangible. It's just you, your kids, your lifestyle, mm-hmm the things that you like in your house. I mean, those are the kinds of things that are going to connect people to you. Because we think they, that these things don't matter, but they do. This is yeah. where end up. Like, my, like to use my, the example of me hiring my CFO, she's a mom. I was mm-hmm. like really like grateful that she told me she wasn't going to judge me because that was a big deal. Um, mm-hmm she loves the online industry like hear, her, hearing her say those things was important for me now i bought the tangible stuff right i bought the call with her i bought the bookkeeping i bought whatever the taxes but it was everything intangible for the reason that i bought the tangibles from her and for, yes yeah, and for all of you guys this is like the secret sauce like you don't have to be like any of your mentors you don't have to look or sound like them you don't have to have the same certifications or not from them. Like it's all the intangible stuff. And that way, one of the things that I think um, will be helpful is like, you don't have to worry about making your tangibles so different. Like, how can I make the most unique offer? That's not even necessarily, I mean, I think that it's fun to be unique and I think it's interesting to innovate, but really it's like, how can you demonstrate how different you are just by being you? Thanks, Brooke. Um, because I think the word like the word saturated comes to mind, but there's not a there's only one you. And so if you can bring you into what you do more than just the offer details, the tangibles, that you you're just gonna stand out just because it's you. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Rebecca. Are there any anything else? Thank you. Yeah. No, I just so good. I'm writing all of this down. Good. I I think you'd kill it with that Instagram. Like I would have, I mean, I paid for the full blown thing, but like a year ago, two years ago, I would have totally, you know, if you spoke to me that way, it would have. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Does anyone else want the hot seat to come and do this with their offer before I just open it up for questions? Okay, actually, I'm gonna share, I have more, th more thoughts that I was gonna share with you guys. These are just like kind of thoughts that I think, I think it can be helpful for you to hear what I think about. Um, my intentions are good. This blew my mind that I used to believe that I didn't have good intentions, that I was like somehow like sneaky and selfish and wanted my, people's money <laughs> or something. And I realized that came into my mind because that's how I judged other people, right? Like, oh, they're selling, high ticket, they're selling so often, they're selling that because they want people's money and they have bad intentions. And then I realized like, that's not even necessarily true of, of the people that I'm following, it's my, it's my judgment of them. And when I really broke down my beliefs about why I'm here and all of you guys, I just feel this from, from my people, they're like me, like we have good intentions. We wanna help people change their lives. So you selling is a really good thing even if it's not something like super deep and profound, you wanna help people have a better life. That's why we have, are in business, right? We wanna help people have more enjoyment. We wanna help people look beautiful. We wanna help people feel good. We wanna help people get what they want. And so when we remember that, like this is about service, your intentions are good. It's okay to sell a lot. The next one, selling is simple. I'm just sharing how I can help. Sometimes when I notice that, that I'm paralyzed or my clients are paralyzed, it's because they're making sales complicated. And if you, if you think sales are complicated, it's gonna feel like gridlock, like you're not gonna really want to have the train leave the station, you know? But if sales are simple, you're just telling people how you can help. And there's bajillions of ways to tell people how you can help them. You can move into action, right? Like it could be something as simple as I can help you. Um, Number three, my product and service makes the world better. And this is kind of related to my intentions are good, but it actually really is important for you to share what you do with people over and over and over again. Um, that's like the, the secret is like, it's not just one time, it's lots of times because it makes the world better. I, I personally believe the entrepreneurs are the ones that change the world. Um, I think a lot of people have good intentions, you know, and I'm thinking of other industries, activists, politics, um, other people who want nonprofits who want to change the world. But I think the, the, the people who take it upon themselves to create solutions that are paid for, right? We, we make money, but to create solutions for other people, we are the ones that change the world. And so it is so good for you to sell and get paid for what you do. This is what changes the world. And then the other thing, when I get stuck in my head, someone needs to hear from me one more time today. That thought is a really powerful thought for me when I feel small or when I feel like no one's paying attention, people are always paying attention. I know, think about yourself as a client, right? Like I do not just like comment on, like even people I love, like Tony Robbins, like I'm not just like commenting on his posts. I'm not DMing him, you've changed my life, right? Our clients are watching us. They're not necessarily sharing all their beautiful thoughts about you. They're not necessarily like shouting your praises, but that doesn't mean they don't think you're awesome. It just means that, that you're not hearing from them. And so your imagination can run wild and be like, no one cares about what I do. This isn't impacting anyone. But I promise there's people who have never liked your photo, never replied to your email, never sent you a DM that love you. And you can either tune into that truth or not. I can promise one feels good and one feels like crap. And so for me, help, imagine the people who I don't hear from really serves me. Um, the next thought, people love when I sell. 
And this is something that it took me a while to really believe this, but now I really believe this. One, because I know that my clients watch me sell. And so they're learning from what I teach them, but also learning from me modeling how to sell. But I also know that there's people who just love watching people share what they do with belief and personal power, right? And so if you think that, oh, I'm going to annoy people. Oh, people don't want to hear about my offer one more time. They actually do. The people that might buy do. They want that one more email. They want that one more, one more nudge because they're like, okay, like, okay, I think I'm going to do it. I don't know. Um, right? There's two types of buyers. There's the emotional buyers that buy like that. And we love them. I love my emotional buyers who like see something and they just buy it. But I also know the majority of my clients are more logical. They're watching me. They're observing. They're asking details. And you all have these types of buyers. The emotional buyers are going to buy on the sale. They're going to buy on the first day. They're going to buy when the price is announced or whatever. They're going to buy quickly. But your logical buyers are still on the fence watching you right now. I promise. So keep showing up for them. They love watching you sell. They love hearing from you. And then um, just a, a basic one, which is selling is good for the world. And those are the thoughts that I, I genuinely have. And they've made me a lot of money and they've allowed me to work with amazing people like you guys. So I think for me, being in alignment for, with sales, not just like how I sell, but in, with sales in general has deeply served me as an entrepreneur. Um, and so you can rewatch this. We talked about selling tangibles and intangibles. We talked about your, the price, the promise, the, the person, the psychographics of the people. We talked about being in integrity of, does it feel good or is it actually wrong for you? And for the most part, it's actually right for you. It just feels scary and reminding yourself and your nervous system that you're not going to die. It's okay that you feel like you're going to die, but you're not. And you can get on there and sell with your face talking with your written words in an email, on a video, wherever your platform meets your people, like it's good, it's good to sell. And, and what's cool is like the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. Um, if you've been feeling stagnant, if you've been feeling stuck, I think that trying new things is important. But I also, there's a flip side to that. If you are doing well and things are working, don't change it. Too many, we break what's working sometimes. And so if things are working, just keep doing more of that. Don't try to change that. Okay, any final questions or people who want to be coached on this? Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like what I did with Rebecca of like doing the work that I shared. It can be anything relevant to you guys, um, but about selling, you don't want the hot seat. I'll take it. All right, hi Colette. <laughs> Sorry, I was late, so I missed all all the good things I'll get back to it but um if we're talking about selling then let's talk about selling <laughs> right so um yeah I I feel like um like I I have the chance to test another way of doing my launch right now in more of my voice and I'm just having lots of I don't know still not, not lots, but still some thoughts that I feel like are a little limiting of um, kind of like, well, I don't know how to do that. Like, like I do, but I kind of don't, you know, because the way that I got my clients before was all speaking to them, like physically. And I really am trying to shift into more written word. And, and I think that it I think it'll happen. 
And so how do I, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if I should kind of go back to the old way while I am working out the new way or like stay all in on the new way. I think that's, I think that's where I'm kind of bumping up against it right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, like you used to talk to them in person. Yeah. How would that happen? Um, well, I, this is the, the other part. I feel like it was, they were my first clients. Cause I, I haven't been doing this very long. And like, I called some of them and just said, Hey, you're my friend and you are like the person that I coach. And I just want you to know that this is what I do. And you can offer it to other people or, you know, send people my way. And I've, I had a couple of people who were like, no, you're talking to me. Like I'm your person, you know? And then another time I got another one. She's like a friend of a family member. So I didn't really know her, but she's, she was watching me on Facebook. And so there was that she reached out and another one was at a pool party. And it's like, oh my gosh, my wife needs this. You know, and so it was a lot of that organic. And, and I feel like I am still completely doing that. I, I actually feel like I'm doing it with more confidence and being able to say what it is and what results they would get. And, and I just feel a lot more confident with that. But I don't know, maybe I'm making too much of a, of a big deal over it. I just don't really want that to always be the way. Yeah. Well, um, like I feel like, to me, selling one-on-one in person is like the easiest thing in the world because people can feel you and you can talk directly to what they want. I think what you're doing is one of the hardest transitions is learning. Okay. Oh, I really do. Sell with words to people that can't interact with you. Cause like, I, I know you, it, you are warm and loving and supportive and non-judgmental. How do you show people that in an email? <laughs> you know, and that's what you're up against. And so one of the things that um, I think that people don't like to hear is time. Some people need time with you, but also just um, that interaction, you know, more content from you, the people who are going to like hearing from you want to hear from you a lot. Okay. Do you mean like more on social media, more on, I don't know. Lots of How many emails? Because you're in an email launch right now. How long did your launch go? So technically it was over last Friday and I still have spots. Um, And so the thing that I discovered is the actual launch, like the week of the launch, I definitely was modeling after my mentor. And so I sincerely don't feel like it was my voice. Yeah. And we decided to write it out like, okay, let's just keep testing this till the end. And, um, I got, I got a full paying client, you know, from that, but let's, let's keep testing it to the end and then see, like, let's re relaunch almost today, like starting today. And, and the other part, like this work that we've been doing here in the matrix and stuff has been very, very purposeful for me because I, I just really wanted to learn how to be in more belief. And I wanted to learn how to um, expand my capacity to receive and to energetically. And so I am in a different place than I was when I made the plan. Yes. Does that make sense? 
And so I, I felt that as these emails were going out and I was like super calm and very present. And when we made the plan, it was like, let's do it this week because then we'll have it all done and ready to go by the time I leave out of town. And then it has to start in September. It's like, I was, I felt like I was going to be more stressed. Yeah. And then what has happened is I'm not because I've done the work, you know, to be calm and to be present and expand it. And so as those emails went out that I had kind of modeled after my mentor, I was like, oh, that is not how I speak. That is not how I feel. That, that kind of like time frame and energy and urgency is, is not how I felt. And so I was like, okay, let's, let's let this ride out. And then actually I'll take clients up till September 2nd. Yeah. Does that make sense? And so like I, I've adapted it because I feel more expansive and I feel more calm. And so as I've been looking at that, I'm just like, man, do I have to talk to people too? Yeah. You know? I don't know the answer to that, but one of the questions I think um, that you're evaluating is like, are you going to stick to your original plan and then just see where it goes? Or are you going to adapt until it works? Yeah. Because one of the things that I think you're um, kind of, I don't know, juggling or contemplating is like, you can learn from this launch because I know you can get fully booked from email. I believe that. Yeah. I what I don't know is, can you get fully booked from emails this launch? I don't know. Because yeah. Change your process with what one of my mentors, James Webber, calls a launch runway, where it's like the buildup, the hype, people getting to know you and being coming um, aware of the solution. And they're like learning to trust you. And you can do that. Like that's part of the launch too. And you might need to change that over time, right? So that people can feel like when you open doors, they're a yes. I don't know what that experience was like. And so you could either take this launch as it is, learn from it and then launch again, or you can get scrappy and say, how else can I get my clients in this time period? And it might not be from email. So do you think that that getting scrappiness is still being in belief? It's still expanding your energy. Does that make sense? Because I do that whole idea of like, oh, it's going to happen. It's done. Yeah. Can you be scrappy and still believe? I think scrappy comes from belief. I, speaking from my experience, right. From me as an entrepreneur. Um, cause I put my, I, I put myself in the fire cause I don't think you're in this situation, but like I put myself in situations where I had to make the money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I didn't just wait for my emails to work. I was like, what else can I do? what other ideas are coming to me. And so I would have like, um, you know, I would have a plan. I do live launches, Colette. So like, I think it's a little bit different and I want to respect your choices. And I think when you, before you joined the matrix, you wanted to know for sure that I would honor your choices. Yeah. And I still do mm-hmm. like with anything. We don't know if it's going to work until we try it. Right. And so you're in the middle of it. I love that you kept it open until September with your own, like you were just looking at it. I can keep it open. That feels good to me. And so you're going to, and what I love about one-on-one is that it's relationship-based. How else can you reach individual people? How else can you serve? How else can you invite them to a call with you? Lots of ways. Okay. Okay. 
I appreciate that. Thank you. I think that full belief means getting scrappy. That's what my definition would be. And I don't really feel graspy or desperate or clingy or, yeah. you know, like, oh my gosh, I have to make this work. I, I don't feel that. Yeah. But it's like, do I have to keep the same plan? Can I change the plan and yeah. still be in full belief or still be in this, this energy to receive? Right. And I think that that's a really powerful question also to separate what scrappy means versus desperate. Mm-hmm. I don't think scrappy means desperate at all. I think it means innovative. I think it means you're trying. I think it means you're looking for different solutions. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Inspiration comes when we are on the move. Yeah, I love that book. I have the same question. About, okay, I missed that, that comment, Rebecca. Where did you have that same question? Sorry, I... I've had the same question. Can I be scrappy and still be in belief? Like so much. I wonder that, like, I kind of get this drive to like, I want to hustle and make more, but I also believe that like, it will all work and, and feeling like I don't want to mess it up kind of thing. Yeah. So I yeah. Love that. That's it right there. I don't want to, I don't want to mess up the belief, right? Like yes. I, I don't yes. want to mess up this idea that, oh, I'm in belief, you know? Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I think that- it's very personal too. Cause I know some people get scrappy when they don't believe right there. It's like a frantic desperation. Um, they're like, and you can almost feel it. It's like, Whoa. And I've been there. So like, I don't have judgment, <laughs> but you know, it inside of your body, right? Like being when, to me, when I'm scrappy now, it's like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get to the result that I want. So I'm willing to go live. I'm willing to send another email. I'm willing to record a video and send it to my email list. I've done that before. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to follow up. I'm will, whatever it is. I don't, I don't typically reach out to individuals, but because that feels out of alignment for me personally. But how else can I share it with my audience, right? Sometimes being scrappy is fun. Yeah. And sometimes my best ideas that I actually figured out because I was scrappy, like I actually take it and keep doing it. You know what I mean? Like I send on days where I end my launch, I send like three or four emails because it worked in one of my scrappy launches. (laughs) And so now I know people need that last day to know it is closing. It is closing. It is closing. This is why you join. I want you in there. You can do this. I believe in you. And that came from a scrappy launch. And so it's kind of interesting. You might develop something that you wouldn't have developed unless you tapped into that. Like another word, maybe scrappy isn't the word resourceful might be a word. Like you have infinite resources, but it doesn't really matter if you're not being resourceful. And so email is one, but so is personal connection. So is Instagram. So is, you know, asking other people if they know someone who would benefit from the launch, which is a, have you read the Prosperous Coach Colette? I think mm-hmm. that's like a strategy they teach. Do you know anyone who, you know? Yeah. And I did do that with the client that signed. Yeah you know, paid in full. So that like, there was a thing that worked about it. There was something that worked, but it just wasn't what to the level that I wanted it to. But now I have all this space to try something else and to almost like do it. It's almost like an AB test. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, like I get to do it right now, all within the same launch. Well, and what's funny is, is to make a launch work, you have to believe like you, what you did. And even then you still don't know if it's going to work. Right. But you have to believe it is. In fact, one of my mentors, Russell Brunson, he's like, 
my wrestling coach wouldn't let me get on the mat unless I said I was going to win. And his mind was like, but I don't know if I'm going to win. It's like, he's like, that's not the point. Are you going to win? He's like, yes. And he's like, there's some matches that I lost, but this is the difference between successful entrepreneurs and non, right? We go into it knowing we're going to win. It's the belief all the way through. And then that belief will give us the data to then actually make it happen. Sometimes it's not getting the result that we want, but we get the data and now we have the data and the belief and that's where we create a system that works. Okay. So you're still on track, Colette. Okay, I needed to hear that right there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank because, you. Because it's like, you're just that kind of person. You became someone who's going to do it until it works. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I did, I was really proud of myself because um, like believing through the 12th hour, I really did do that. Yeah. I believed through the, and like, it felt so different than like that hustly desperate stuff. Then I was like, no, it's going to happen, you know? And then it didn't. And so it's like, wait, well, the 12th hour is actually September 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what I decided. I was like, well, well, really? Yeah. It's not over yet. The 12th hour is this date because I'm more expansive. I'm more calm. I'm more ready to have it within this space than I thought I was when I made the plan. Yeah. And that was something that you said, if you listen back to that, that was very, very, very profound. Um, like truly what you said, when you're not the same person that you made the plan, Hmm. that was that might be why the launch didn't go the way you thought you know um because now you would have said something different and that's kind of interesting to know you know maybe in the future I'm, I'm just like you know brainstorming you have an outline of the emails but you write them live you, you write them in the weeks that are you know hmm. out um it's something interesting to to ponder I don't know if that's the answer but yeah this is why I live launch because some, sometimes I get inspiration that I couldn't have predicted or planned for. And like, I was in the middle of a lunch once and like I was sitting in car, like the pickup line and it was like, do a free, just live coaching class. And I did, like, I was like, I don't do this. Like, it was just like, a, hey, if you're struggling with something, I have open coaching. And like five people came but one person messaged me after that like ended up being a one-on-one -on -one client and even if she never became a one-on-one -on -one client like I, I could tell she was served by that call but I create space in my business and this is my own like you don't have to do this but for me it works really well I think that you are right in the middle of figuring out what works for you you know what works that is aligned and is effective and keeps you out of hustly frantic energy but um is resourceful. Mm -hmm. I thought Scrappy was bad. I'm so glad we clarified this. I had to ask my husband what it means. And he said, it's a basketball term. So it came, I'm a basketball player. So Scrappy, like when we were Scrappy, when my coach would be like, it's time to be Scrappy, right? Like we're in the huddle and she's like, be Scrappy. It's like, I'm diving on the floor. I'm like, I'm like trying to get a steal. I'm like taking any shot I can get. Like, it's like, what can work? What can work? And it's, um, it's, there is a difference between like that frantic and like focused energized work if that makes sense and like, innovative I think you're you're right it's that innovation yeah. as well being scrappy like no I'm going to figure out I'm going to yeah. like there's new ways there's old ways I'm going to pull it all together you know and to me for me scrappy also means that I swallow my pride that for me 
I had a launch for the UFO. Uh, you guys probably watched me launch it. And um, I wanted 20 and I was sitting at like 19 for like <laughs> a few days. And I messaged my coach and I was like, I feel a little shame. Like I thought this was going to sell out a little faster. And she's like, that's like your pride. You, you have to sell it. Like if you thought 20, like show up and sell it one more time. But I was like, everyone's going to know I didn't sell 20. <laughs> like, this is my brain. I'm a business coach and I can't sell out, you know, all the drama. My brain is so dramatic. And for me, Scrappy was showing up one more time saying I had one spot left. Someone booked it and actually I had two people book it at the same time. So I ended up getting 21, um, even though I said 20. So I ended up doing more than I thought. Anyway, I was willing to let go of that, that pride version of my head saying like it, I had a plan. It didn't work. It was like, well, it could still work. And I feel like that's what you're doing. I could do September 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have that, that humility of like, well, we counted down and that the moment that it was over is over. So is it okay? Does it make me look bad? You know, that I'm still going, even though we had a timer. Yes. Um, and one of the most beautiful examples, I, I'm not on her email list anymore, but Amy Latta, I was on her email list when she was launching something. And it, it clearly wasn't going her way because I could tell it closed, but she was still emailing. She, then she offered a payment plan when she wasn't gonna offer a payment plan, all these things. And I remember being so grateful for her because it showed me and because and like I kind of had her on a, pet, a little bit of a pedestal, right? In my mind, in my young coach mind. And I remember being like, she's still going. I'm like, that takes some guts to keep going when everyone knows it's over. She yeah. didn't feel she wanted and she kept going until she got the results. And so um, that, ha- that was really powerful for me to see in real time. And sometimes we get on, like the other thing that I think is the kind of like the illusion is a lot of times we are on people's email lists who've been figuring out processes for decades, right? Like they're, they've got it. They're not really testing anymore. Um, they have a launch, they get, they get their average amount and it's closed, it's over. Like I'm thinking of people like Annie Porterfield, Tony Robbins, and Graziosi, the people that at least I'm on, I li- like watch what they do or Stacey Bayman, right? Like there's lots of people who kind of have refined their process to the point where they're not being innovative anymore they've found what works and they just keep doing it there is a phase of business where that's really important but i think when you're figuring out your process it's okay to be innovative it's okay to change plans until you get the process that works and then you just deploy that process over and over again yeah okay this is super helpful yeah thank you what's that September 2nd, you got September 2nd, like totally. It really was an interesting, like, wait, this isn't the 12th hour. Yes. Like it was fascinating for me to do that because that I, that is a new thing for me. Yes. And it's true, right? That could still be totally, the plan totally worked. You get some. I just didn't know. I just didn't realize that September 2nd was actually the day. So, Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to rewatch this replay. So thanks for that. It's like the shortest chapter in the prosperous coach, but I feel like to me, chapter 50 by rich, it is the time to let go of your fear of being bothersome, pushy, or disliked. It is time to be completely authentic so that people can trust you. It is time to start asking for what you really, really want. It is time to only coach clients whom you absolutely love. It is time to master the way you communicate 
it is time to make bolder proposals. It is time to get comfortable feeling uncomfortable. And I really love, I mean, it's like the shortest chapter ever, but I'm like, sometimes we feel stagnant or things aren't working. And it's like, there's this moment where we can choose to try something like the conversation me and Colette just had. Like, you don't always have to, I think, um, be on like that. But I feel like when you're selling, like there's that, that moment where you decide to be all in and it's risky, right? Like it's a little spicy, like things might not go the way you want it to, but that's how we create the epic results that create your biggest income month and gets you to the next level. And so I wanna encourage you to be bold and whatever that means to you, whatever spark happened today, um, because I know how these calls go for me as a client, like you'll be listening and then your mind kind of does the mind thing. You know what I mean? And so like, I'm saying things, but really like your mind's doing something, you're having epiphanies, you're having ideas. That's the kind of stuff that I think we really pay attention to. So notice whatever thoughts you had and go and act. Don't just passively go like, yeah, you know, like go and do it. That's my encouragement for you. Okay. I will see you guys next week. And I will share, I made some notes so I can share some ideas for you to execute and apply from this call. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Coaching Matrix private podcast. I just wanted to tell you, thank you for being a member. Thank you for being here. I hope you found today's episode helpful for your life and for your business. And I want you to know that I am cheering you on and I will see you in another episode. Bye.